Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, Kyle Slaymaker. And as always, Slaying the Sale is brought to you by the Slaymaker Method. Uh, we make sure that you are selling as much as possible, as ethically as possible, and get generating as much revenue as possible. Uh, so you saw me stumble through that. That's a new intro I'm trying, so be gentle. Uh, we are here today with a very, very interesting guest, and she's got a business that I haven't heard of before, but I'm completely all behind. I love what she's doing. So, Kristen, I will let you introduce yourself instead of me. Go for it. Sure. So, hello. Thank you so much, Kyle, for having me. I'm super excited. Um, we've never met in person, and we've you know connected digitally, I guess that's how you call it these days. Um, but uh, my name is Kristen Krista and my company is called Platypus Strategist. And I am a life strategist and a coach who will help you get the most out of what you're reading. And I will provide a curated reading list if you want to really delve into certain topics. And I also provide some articles that I'll find on the internet, obviously, um, to share with you about topics that we've talked about. So it's kind of built into my process where I will meet with a, with a client, we'll talk about their themes, the things that they're really struggling with, help them maybe untie their knots. And then if they're standing at a fork in the road, we'll help, we'll work together to have them confidently choose that path forward. And most of the time it involves some kind of reading. Um, we map out themes. I will assign a book. I will coach with them through that book. There's a lot of good things that people miss because they are not always looking at the book in a way that can really get in deep versus just kind of the surface level stuff. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And that's, that's really what intrigued me the most because you, one, you haven't, I, at least I have not heard of anybody doing, you know, we'll call it, I don't want to say. Biblio coaching. I don't know. Biblio coaching. I feel like biblio coaching just, there's that, bibliotherapy, that but biblio coaching doesn't sound right either. <laughs> so that gives it such a. An, an academia sounding term if you do biblio coaching. <laughs> I, I get it. But yeah, I mean it's it's not really because like when I when I think of the word book or the the term book coaching, I would think more of writing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I, I it was totally new to me when I heard about what you did and I immediately jumped on it because I think it's fascinating. Um so let's just let's go to the cliche question that I'm sure you get asked all the time right out of the gate. What is your number one book that you recommend to people? If there's one that you recommend more than any other. Oh my goodness. So the one I read recently that I, I've been talking about constantly is Bruce Filer's Life is in the Transitions. And what I really loved about it is it, it had an aha moment in that we are prescribed life. When we live life, we are told by our parents, our friends, our teachers, our professors, our colleagues, that this is what you're supposed to do that life happens, then you do this, then you do this, everything's a straight line, but it's not. There's these little things called life quakes when all of these changes happen at once. The pandemic was actually a global collective life quake. It just disrupted everything. Everyone had to relearn what they wanted out of life, how they wanted to be together. And so Bruce really talks about 
people are driven by three things, agency, belief, and causes. Oh, wait, now I think I have to make sure I have the right B. There's a B, <laughs> ABC. Agency and causes are coming up. And I think belief's in there too. Um, but of course I don't have it with me to refer to, but it, it was it was almost like that sigh of relief that everything that we do is done because we want to and and it's determined by how we want to feel. So yes, there are always these bumps in the road and we all have them. There's lots of them. I mean, there's like four or five a year when you think about it. Like <laughs> there's, and, and it's how you handle that messy middle to get from when the actual quake or challenge happens to get out of it, that's really the most powerful part. It's how you're handling the chaos and the change and the stress that gives you the, I guess the, I don't wanna call it grit, but the perseverance and persistence to kind of move through everything. And it was one of those really interesting moments where I was in a bunch of different groups talking with people and hearing their stories. And every one of the stories was different. It wasn't the straight line. It wasn't like you have to do this and then you get this job and then you do that. And so it made me <laughs> almost it was like, gave me permission to think more about how I want to live my life and what direction and shape I want it to have. Um, and, you know, I have a book club for my coaching group and it's called Clubbing with Coaches. And there's about six or seven of us that meet once a month and talk about whatever book we've decided we're going to read. And, and this one was really interesting because everyone was thinking about their life path. One of the gentlemen was in the army and then he was in IT and then he went, he enrolled in coaching with us. And we all felt like we came to it in a different way. I was in higher education fundraising for years, inspiring people to make six figure gifts and more to education. And so I love working with people, but my passion is helping people figure out their knots and pick the path forward. And so this life is in the transitions book by Bruce and he has a Ted talk. He's on the YouTube Ted channel. And it's just, it gives you permission to be yourself, to not live any other, and not that you need that, but it gives you permission to just make those choices and to roll with it in a sense. That's a heck of a recommendation. You just did <laughs> a glowing review of that book. Oh, I loved it. And he's just, he's delightful. Like it just, I haven't met him. I mean, I was, I was like fangirling because when I posted my thing on LinkedIn that we had our club and with coaches and our picture and Bruce is like, Oh, I'm so glad you liked the book. And I was like, oh, Bruce Filer. Oh, that's the power of social media. Yeah, like, it really I get, is. When I see somebody like, like a status of mine or, or, <laughs> or a comment on a post that's somebody that I really admire and respect. And so I, I fangirl too. So we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone, um, yeah, the, there's, there's, it depends on what you're looking to get out of it. You know, I've, I had a client who was looking for a little more groundedness in her life. And so we read the practice of groundedness, which has eight, um, I don't want to call them tenants, but they're eight stages. You need community. You need to be mindful. You need to exercise. And so all of those things really lined up with what she was looking for, um, in her life as she retired, um, and so it just, it's, I can find a book for anything. And so then we'll work through it. I'll ask questions based on, on what the reading was to make sure that the people I'm working with and my clients are really getting the most out of it because it's not about taking the habits and aligning them to your life. For example, it's about what does that habit mean for you? Why is it important to you? What do you want to do with it? And how can we incorporate it in a plan for you to make it the best version for you?
Thank you for that. I sometimes forget that I have a touch microphone that I mute when the guest is talking so you don't hear me like <laughs> swallowing my coffee or anything. So that was good. You'll find I don't edit anything out of these. Podcasts. No, that's, I love that. I love authenticity. So what I was saying while I was muted is let you gave your recommendations. Let's see if you've read my recommendation, which I think I may have talked okay. about it before. And for any repeat listener of this show, if you've listened to even one episode, you hear me talk about it all the time. Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I have not. Oh. And I did put it on my list. I'm writing it again because we add, so we add books to the club and with coaches. And then as I continue to build out my business, I will introduce a group program for my clients as well as anyone who wants to meet once a month and really get a group feel for how coaching works. So it's on my list. I'm reminding myself on my post-its. So I put it on my list. <laughs> Green lights literally changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my business, how I did things, how I viewed things. Um, I listened to Matthew McConaughey on an episode of the Tim Ferriss show. Mm -hmm. And he read an excerpt from Green Lights. And anybody, first off, if you don't know who Matthew McConaughey is, I, I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you at this point. Um, but his voice and his tone and his dialect make him probably the best verbal storyteller of this generation. He's fantastic. I've heard that. <laughs> when he put it in a book, it like it was like him on steroids. It is such a powerful powerful book and the whole tenet of the book is that life gives you basically traffic signals red lights yellow lights and green lights red lights are like stuff you should stop doing yellow lights are like there might be a lesson here but it's not quite there yet there's a big lesson coming and green lights are boom the big lessons the really big lessons um and it, it's just a fantastic fantastic book so that's my plug for matthew mcconaughey well that's it's interesting I would align that one with um, like if someone was handling changes, for example, or was, you know, was trying to pick a path forward or there was something happening in their life. Like I would look at life as in transition yeah. and the transitions. And then I would look at the power of regret by Daniel Pink. And then I think from what you've told me about those green lights by Matthew McConaughey, it would probably align in a way that it could be a pocket of a three month experience with a client because they all kind of tie together the, you know, if you make that, um, if something happens, it's a red light that you're supposed to avoid, but it causes some kind of change. You could then work through it with the mindset of growth and learning from taking something out of the power of regret and putting it into how your path forward is developed. Yeah, it's that is such a great way to to put it. I, I mean, it, there's just something about green lights that is just fantastic. All right. Anyway, I gave my plug. Um, <laughs> what made you go down the road of the the book coaching side of things like like that's something that again it's it's very unheard of at least around central pa um so what what was the the facilitator there how did how did it come to be so in my coaching program which was it was like 165 hours and after our second module which was it was a 30 30 hour weekend where we were all online which was really interesting we had to come up with our homework on a Saturday into Sunday was coming up with something that we could share with the community that would help them. And so I had spent a lot of the time in the first module and then this one, the second one, talking about the books I've been reading. And what I brought to the table was I was going to start a book club and so that we would talk about the books and think about how we could relate it to our clients, what would, you know, how, what lessons we're taking away as, as coaches who are continuing to develop as well. And then 
you know, bringing out to the broader, um, the broader group. And so there were seven people, seven or eight people that have been coming regularly. We've been doing it regularly. And so as I, as I read through the books, like I look at it as what would I ask a client in this situation when they read this book, how would I help them incorporate it into their life? And so as I got further and further into the, cause we've been together now, we've, it's like our, we've read 14 books together. And so I had this aha moment where I love to read all the time. Like I'm constantly reading and I love to read books that help me grow personally and professionally. And so that combination was the aha where I can help people who love to read or haven't figured out, well, who haven't been inspired to pick up that one, any book on their stack that they haven't read yet and get into it. There's a reason they bought the book. There's something that they wanted to get out of it. There was a point, point in their life where that book, they were attracted to that book, but it sits in a stack. And so helping people kind of get into it and understand why that book was attractive to them, what they wanted to get out of it, and then really digging in and doing the coaching work, which is all forward motion, was, was like, oh my goodness, this makes sense. And so it's not like, it's not, it's part of what I offer. It, it cannot always be the, the only thing I offer because people don't necessarily always want to read things. And all as they I said, you know, good book. What? all I need is just one good book. Right. Oh, I know. I know. And, and that, that for me, I was like, I can combine something I love with something else I love and help people and be of service to them in a way that I had never thought of before. That's, that's so important for and literally anybody whether they're my listeners they're your listeners they're your viewers the fact that you ha are so passionate about it and you you were smart enough to integrate it into what you do is a huge huge lesson because in entrepreneurship it's so easy to get bogged down and, and forget your mission right yes. it's so easy to forget <laughs> passion. it's oh man anyway yeah. that's that's oh man Kristen yeah. that's perfect what well, is and it gets my go ahead sorry no 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 i'm not me I you're like it gets my energy. you know the the most interesting thing i i can see potential in people and i want to help them in any way they can find that potential for themselves and so a lot of it can be turned into something that they haven't so they haven't stepped back and just given themselves that moment to reflect or or even invest in themselves in a way that's going to help them grow yeah what, what is your biggest struggle in during your time in entrepreneurship? Time. It is. It, well, and, and it's, I'm still, I'm easing out of my day hustle. Like it's still, I still love what I do during the day. It's not my passion anymore. And that becomes the biggest struggle because there's a point where you have to make a decision about which path you're taking. And big time. However, what? Big time. Yeah. And so I think about it right now is college athletes in season are structured. They do well with their grades because everything is kind of, there's a time constraint in everything. And so I think about like right now, I'm, a, I'm an athlete in, in the midst of training season and putting everything together, getting all of the things lined up that I need to have in place to be able to really say, okay, this is where I'm going now. Um, and so time, you know, I mean, I have a family, I have a husband, I have two dogs and a cat and I have, I have a garden and I adore. <laughs> so there's, so there's making, there's choices. And I choose, I I'm, I'm working on choosing how I want to feel versus a should or a have to. I oh, get to do get, things. 
get the should and have to out of there. Yep. Especially, especially as an up and coming entrepreneur, when you're trying to make mm-hmm. it a full-time gig should and have to take it out of there. Yeah. yeah. Right. I get to do this. I choose to do this because I want to, this is how I feel when I do it. And that makes me happy. Yeah. My, my wife's father or grand, sorry, grandfather was known for saying, um, I, I always butcher this statement always. I never met the guy. Um, he said that if you, if you do what you love, if you work hard enough at what you love, the big money will come and it will. It's, it will. um, I love the, the athlete analogy. That's really good. I yeah, really, really like that. Yeah. I mean, they are very structured. You know, they have study halls, they have practices, they have meals, they have, and it depends on, you know, level, divi- which division do you want to D3, but they all have a structure. And so that allows them to be in a place where academically they're achieving more because they ha- they're doing it together and they have, um, you know, they have goals. So I kind of like think about that. Um, yeah. And so I have, I have a, you know, my club and with coaches group and I have some um, other cohorts of folks that I've connected with. I have a LinkedIn um, mastermind that I've discovered from some fabulous women who kind of align with uh, social justice, nonprofit kind of, they border on all of it. And so it's interesting to kind of hear how they're using LinkedIn and things like that. So, you know, I'm an athlete in season. <laughs> training that's fantastic <laughs> I, I i that is that is one of the best analogies for early entrepreneurship i've ever heard so that's oh man i'm gonna have to I'm, i might have to make a clip out of that usually i yeah. sometimes i do i do headliners to promote episodes and that mm-hmm. that's a good one that's a really, really good soundbite so thank <laughs> you for that that's why i love guest interviews they make my job much easier um i, I have to ask what kind of dogs do you have I have a giant German shepherd who is, um, she has the world's largest ears. And then we have a, a 12 year old, she's like a hound mix. Um, she's, she's very sweet. And the German shepherd is, um, she's odd in that she, all she wants to do is cuddle and lick me. And then we have a fuzzy little cat who's adorable. She's I'm a COVID gonna, pet. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here. Okay. You talked about your biggest struggle in entrepreneurship. Let's talk about your favorite thing of entrepreneur about entrepreneurship, but you can't say helping people. No, I love to, I love networking. I go. love meeting people. Like it was it's been really fun and I've it took me a while. I mean, because I've I as I said, I worked in higher education. So when I was networking, I was all always representing the institution I was working for and going out on your own without name tags is scary. So now I only go to places that have name tags because it helps me identify who I'm talking to and, and conversations, but it's, people are so fascinating. Yeah, there's so many things that people are interested in. And when you have a good opening question, you don't have to, people wanna talk about themselves. And so you're able to listen actively and ask really good curious questions. And so I like to have a couple opening questions that I ask everyone when I meet them and kind of, get the conversation going that way. That's, that's a really good answer. And, and I love that. <laughs> Thank <answer>. you. <laughs> yeah. And it, but it's an answer that I don't usually get because a lot of people still have a big fear and stigma around network, especially the introverts, which yeah. I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are very, very introverted. And also some of the best salespeople I've ever trained and met have been introverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all because of that active listening, right? You get to learn mm-hmm. so much about people. So I love it. Yeah, it's um, fun. Yeah. We're, we're, we just flew through like all the questions that I have. <laughs> Man, it's, it's been like 15, 20 minutes. Um, 
but I can talk longer. What do you want me to talk about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's so the, I think, we've got the go meat and potatoes down. We, I don't, we, there's gotta be more book questions. So there can be book questions, but there's, but I, so one of the things, you know, is repeatable processes when you think about sales, like, so I had, um, the methods that I, um, the conversations and things with, with, um, I would call it high impact fundraising and philanthropy is a, it's a repeatable process. And so you're really getting to know people in an, in an interesting way. And so part of that networking is finding the repeatable process. And I know that that's a lot of like the slave maker method you have. There's a lot of things that have to work for you to be comfortable to go out and talk to people. And so having a repeatable process for me is really important. So as I said, I have a couple of questions I like to ask and they're not like, what'd you do last week? I mean, they're like thought provoking questions that people don't get asked because it helps them reflect on themselves and really engage in conversation. Um, but it becomes, you know, what happens next and how do you use your language? And so that's part of, I think that most coaches, actually, I know that from my peer group and everything, there's a lot of struggle with sales because you're so committed to providing a service, to service others because there's this drive to help them in any way you can that that sales part becomes very difficult because it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel that like you're comfortable. It feels like you're tricking someone into signing up with you when the reality is people don't think about investing in themselves. They'll buy a couch. They'll have something done in their backyard. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that investment in themselves is something that they, they don't value because they don't see their worth. Oh, and, absolutely. And absolutely. yeah. And so, and so that's where I think, you know, with coaching, it becomes helping people understand what I see, what kind of questions I'm asking, which then helps them reflect into themselves and, and then consider the fact that an investment in themselves is actually a lifelong investment that will not just help them in the next six months, but the work that we do together will also be helping them in six years because of the work they've done internally. And I think that's really where the, that's hard and for people to understand because you're gonna buy a couch and you're sitting on the couch every day when you watch TV, but you're not necessarily going to use the goal strategy or the thought provoking questions that we've gone through together every day. Oh, man. So that's where well, that another is. sound bite. <laughs> Perfect. Man, Kristen, that, that was fantastic. You're, you're absolutely right. It's the, the self-investment thing. You don't get it until you do. And, and that's really, and speaking from a, a coaching standpoint and consulting standpoint, right. There's such a, there's still, especially in central PA, there is such a stigma surrounding coaching. And that's because there's no barrier to entry whatsoever. None. You can wake up tomorrow, have no experience coaching, no experience training, no management experience, nothing. And just say, oh, I'm a coach. Right. You can create a Facebook page and go. Yep. And it leads to some really, really bad experiences. Not through no fault of your own or not through any fault of your own because you're, you could be altruistic. You could be out there doing it for the right reasons. You just don't have the experience necessary to really be out there. And then I also don't, on the flip side of that, I get frustrated when I see coaching qualification programs because it's kind of like the, the scene in Tommy Boy where Chris Farley and David Spade are trying to sell the brakes to the guy. And he says, well, your product doesn't come with a guarantee. 
right? And and that's kind of what people look for with with certain coaching certificates. Mm-hmm. Like when Chris Farley said, "Listen, the guarantee is only as good as the guy that sold it to you." Mm-hmm. The guy that sold it to you, knowing that he just sold you a guaranteed piece of shit, and it's like, <laughs> it's like that's it's exactly true. it. That's exactly it's true. It. Yeah, so I, I tell everyone. I'm sorry. I, no. I tell everyone that I'm not sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm just gonna keep talking. So I tell everyone that there are some really good coaches out there who have no certific- certification, so no credentialing, and there are some very bad coaches out there too. But there are also some great coaches with credentials, and at the same time, there are some not so good coaches with the credentials without with credentials. And so it it's about who do you feel the connection with, yeah. and uh, who's gonna help yes. you. <laughs> Because I'm not everyone's flavor. I'm not. I'm not from central Pennsylvania. I'm not from, <laughs> I'm not quiet and gentle and polite. I have my favorite words are four letters. And, you know, it's not, I'm not everyone's flavor. And so you have to meet people and then kind of think about what you're wanting to get out of them. Do I connect with her? Do I connect with him better? What kind of a program are we going to have? What kind of investment? Um, and so I always offer everyone at least an hour of time with me because I want them to understand what it's like to work with me. And then we usually solve something in that time frame, which feels great for the person I'm working with and allows me to be of service in the way that I want to. And, you know, usually I th- I'll send a, ma- a mind map of the things that we talked about. So they, if, if they choose not to work with me, they can take that map and take it to whoever they're, whomever they're going to work with and start the process that way. Oh man, I I think uh, I think you're going to be on the short list for speakers for next year's summit. I I think I might. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely <laughs> list of potentials because that. But like every we, we didn't get into energy levels. Huh. I can give you all like how how are you showing up? Are you a victim? Are you angry? Are you resentful? Are you in flow? We could go into that and yeah, that's a. Oh my gosh, this is a great episode. This is a great way to start the day. Man. <laughs> You're you're so accurate, and, and again, like that's for any up and coming coach, right? Listen to what we're what we're saying here today, because it's so so important. And the best coaches do what Kristen just said. She understands that not everybody is going to be the perfect client, and that that's hard for entrepreneurs. And that, that's not even just in the coaching space. When you start out as an entrepreneur. Um, or even a salesperson, it's so easy to sit there and be like, oh, everybody needs my product. Everybody needs my service. It's the best. Everybody has to have it. But in reality, that's not true. Some people flat out won't want it. Some people won't see value. Some people won't understand it. Now, the ones that don't understand, if you're a good salesperson, you can get them to understand. But it's so, I I always would say, if you're selling cars, you're not going to sell a car to a 10-year-old. Right. So that that is out the window, (laughs) completely out the window. That's not your target audience. You, you, not everybody wants to buy a car. You can't sell a car to a 10 year old. You can sell a car to a 16 year old, an 18 year old. And years after that, because those are the people that are in your market. So if you're spending time pitching and positioning your product in front of people that aren't the right fit, you're going to spin your wheels. And understanding who the right fit is is incredibly important. We can go into customer profiles and avatars and all that it stuff. It's so challenging. And, and I think that, you know, for there are coaches that work with people who are going through divorce. Should I stay or should I go? There are coaches that work with, um, I have one gentleman in my circle who 
works with vets who are coming back, coming out of service and trying to figure out what they want to do next. Like, what does that path look like? How do they heal? Um, you know, I have one woman I know who works with breast cancer survivors and people who have been diagnosed recently, because that's a huge, she's like, you're thinking about the future and the forward. And so she works with them and, you know, everyone has, especially that they, they will focus on, you know, and I, I look at it as driven, ambitious humans who are really trying to navigate through that messy middle and just need some, someone to hold space for them and figure out what they want to do next is, is so important. It's so, oh my gosh, Kristen, this turned out to be such an awesome episode. Oh, I'm so glad. It, it really did. <laughs> I, I mean, the chaos it, at the beginning. <laughs> oh, geez, I, love, I live for the chaos. Like, it's like in- the magic uh, happens. Yeah, it's, it's like in Batman, the Dark Knight when, or the Dark Knight Rises, I don't know, whatever one that Bane is in, he's like, oh, darkness is my friend. I was born in the darkness. I'm like, oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> Uh, man, I've never dropped two movie references on the podcast. That's we can talk about all kinds of things. I know it's <laughs> it's incredible. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we Why don't we wrap up here and we'll make this like a two or three part series because I definitely want to have you back when I have a little bit more time because I feel like okay. do like a an hour to two hour chunk of recording that we could chop oh up. Oh my goodness, so sounds like fun, doesn't it? That that's... it does. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, like that's that's the cool thing about the networking and the podcasting, right? Like. I started the podcast doing strictly guest interviews and I met some incredible people. I met Mark Cuban's brother. I met um, professional wrestlers. Like the guy I'm recording with literally when we get off here is a guy that wrestled for the WWE for a few years. And it's like, you always get so much from different people and the ones that you don't really, not that I didn't expect much from you, but the ones that you don't expect much from, like you're just like, all right, we're gonna have a conversation. We're going to learn about business. It's going to be fun. But then like the awesome stuff happens, like the magic that happened here today where we were like, oh my God, these are our favorite books. Let's talk about sales. Let's talk about networking. Yep. That's awesome. When you find somebody whose energy level you match, it's it's just, it's flawless. So we're definitely going to have you back. Oh, and good. I, yeah. When I start planning the, the 2024 summit. I would be very happy to do that. Yeah. yeah it's, it, your energy would be perfect for the stage. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you. Now, so Kristen, we didn't even get into like David Goggins. I know we had kind of chatted about that briefly. Oh. We can save that one for the next one. I can tell you all the things I learned from that. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. One of, um, one of my guests, uh, Will Branham is a, he's a seal for 28 years. He was a seal sniper, sniper instructor. Um, and the, the energy level that, that he brings like it's it's so it was so cool it was just you know, that like brute force just tough just like eats nails for breakfast type stuff and goggins is yeah. he's goggins. that's that, that's about <laughs> that's about all you can say he's he's goggins so yeah we can definitely talk about in, in episode cool. two of 50 it sounds like what we'll be doing so Kristen, <laughs> don't let Hi. my viewers go without telling them where they can find you where can they find you they can find me at platypus-strategist.com. Don't judge the website. It's really bad. Or they can um, find me on LinkedIn, Kristen Krista. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-K-R-I-S-T-A. Um, yeah, I'm on all the social. And I, platypus is my favorite animal. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This has been an awesome episode and you are going to definitely be seeing a lot more of Kristen on signing the sale. So Kristen, thank you very much. And to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, We will see you next week. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.